If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air of Shabbos to all of you, and a good Chodesh to all of you. Today is Rosh Chodesh. It's the first day of the new month of Menachem Av. And as such, as I explained last week, Menachem Av is a very special month, a very powerful month. A month that on the one hand, as it appears, contains within it times of sadness, times of destruction and exile. But deep within it, it contains not only elements of blessing and greatness, but ultimately it contains wellspring and powerful energies of the greatest dimensions of blessing. And as I say, every time we speak, it's important that we stop on Erev Shabbos before we come into Shabbos to think about the Parsha this week. We have a double Parsha, Matos and Masay, a double Parsha to guide us through the journeys of life. Because after all, when we think about life, life is complicated, life is complex, and we need the incredible eternal wisdom of Torah to give us insight, to give us an understanding of what life is truly all about. And therefore, when Rosh Chodesh comes out on Friday, we move straight with the energy of Rosh Chodesh into the energy of Shabbos. This gives us greater power, greater strength to understand what in fact is taking place. As mentioned last week, Menachem Av is an exceptionally powerful month. On the one hand, as mentioned, today we start the nine days. The nine days of, well, sadness. Nine days that leads up to the destruction of the temple. This year, something interesting. Tisha B'Av, the day that the temple is destroyed, will fall out on Shabbos. This coming Shabbos, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, and this year Tisha B'Av is pushed off a day because on Shabbos we do not fast. This tells us that therefore there is a dimension of blessing therein. It's pushed off to Matsuri Shabbos Saturday night and Sunday. Nonetheless, the time of the nine days is a time of deep reflection upon that which took place, that which caused the destruction. And this is why when we read the Haftarat during these three weeks, and particularly the ones before Tisha B'Av next week and this week, it talks to us about what in fact took place, what in fact the Jewish people did, shouldn't have done, and how they behaved. We listen to the words of Jeremiah, of Isaiah, and we hear words that in a sense had we been truly sensitive, if we are truly sensitive, it would break our hearts. Words like, what have I actually done that was so bad that you turned from me? But later on, as we'll take a look at the Haftarah this week, we'll see incredible insights as to what this is all about. Rosh Chodesh, as we all know, is a time when the new moon appears. The moon is light, the light within darkness, and the light is not only a physical light, it's a spiritual light as well. And the spiritual light of Menachem Av brings with it Nechama, it brings with it consolation, it brings with it comfort. And what kind of comfort? The comfort of the Av, the comfort of the Father, a divine comfort. 
because the tragedy that took place, the tragedy of destruction, the tragedy of exile is so overwhelming. It's so devastating, being driven out of, well, Jerusalem, the house of God, being driven out of our homeland, being driven out into strange lands, strange materially and strange spiritually. Hashem comforts us. What is that comfort? Hashem says, this will be a time that the lion that has come to destroy the temple, which is called the lion, the lion will rise again and rebuild. The lion will rise again. Hashem says, the lion, that strong and powerful divine energy will rebuild the temple that is shaped like a lion, broad and powerful at the front and narrow toward the back. What is the consolation? The consolation is that it will be rebuilt. And what rebuilding means, not only that it will be replaced in the sense that it will be replaced, but all that was, that was taken will be in fact brought back to us in far greater measure. Our sages tell us, particularly our mystical sages tell us, that the tribe that is connected with the month of Av, Menachem Av, is Shimon. And what is unique to Shimon is Shimon from the word hearing. And what is hearing all about? Hearing is connected with understanding. The previous month, the month of Tammuz, is Reuven, which is connected with sight. The month of Menachem Av is connected with hearing. Understanding means that slowly you begin to have insight into a situation that you didn't truly appreciate before. It takes time. It takes effort. But when you understand something, you begin to strip away the external elements that sometimes hide the truth of a situation. When you understand something, you finally come to the moment of recognition as to what the truth is. When you see something, you're overwhelmed by the image that appears. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's revealing, but you don't truly understand it when you hear something and it goes into your brain and you slowly begin to analyze, you slowly begin to understand that which is taking place detail by detail, that's what understanding is all about. You finally come to a conclusion that's overwhelming and clear. You have come to a conclusion that you know to be absolutely correct. Why? Because understanding means you have removed all the doubt that often covers over the truth and clarity of a situation. Understanding means you have removed the uncertainty and you've come to a point of clarity. And this is something that we have to understand. What is the month of Menachem Av all about? As we approach Menachem Av, as we experience Menachem Av, today being Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, what do we see? We see the nine days, restrictions. You can't eat meat. You can't drink wine. You don't have any festivities. It's a time of sadness. But you begin to probe deeper and deeper. What is contained therein? What is hidden 
within the depths of this month. What does Menachem of really mean? What does it mean that Hashem consoles us? What is divine consolation all about? What is rebuilding all about? What does it mean that the lion will rise again and rebuild the lion? What is the whole concept of rebuilding, of consolation? And this is why the month of Av, Menachem Av, has within it the greatest festival of the year, the 15th of Av, as our sages tell us. That is one of the two greatest festivals of the year. How is it possible? The very same month that has the saddest day of the year, or that which appears to be the saddest day of the year, also has the most joyous festival of the year, the 15th of Av. Because that which appears and that which is therein. But that takes understanding. That takes application. That takes time. That takes the effort of knowing Shimon, listening. Listening means a slow process of coming to a certain conclusion by removing the external dimensions of doubt. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about this unique month of Menachem Av, what it means as it appears and what it means beneath the surface and ultimately in its true sense of what the month contains. In addition to today being, of course, Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, the Parsha is, well, it's a double Parsha, Matos and Masa. And not only the Matos and Masai, Shabbos Chazak, because these two parshas bring us to the very end of the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers. And with this, we conclude the fourth book of the five books of the Torah. Tomorrow in Shul, when the reader is going to come to the end, we'll all stand up and call out at the top of our voices, Chazak, Chazak, Benis Chazek, Shabbos Chazak, the Shabbos of strength. We strengthen ourselves, we strengthen each other. Because there is powerful strength contained within the Shabbos. And these two parshas, Matas and Masai, are often read together, more, more than often read separately, because they are always read during these three weeks, sometimes separately, sometimes together. But Matas and Masai have a unique relationship between themselves and the three weeks. And this is why, in order for us to understand what the three weeks are all about, and particularly what the month of Menachem Av is all about, we have to look into the Parsha and see what does the Parsha tell us about themselves in order for us to understand the relationship with the unique time that we are in. What is Matos? Matos begins with an interesting law, the law of oaths, that if a person made an oath, how he's able or she's able to annul the oath. What is that all about? What is the concept of an oath? What is the oath a person says to himself or to herself that they undertake, well, not to do something for a specific amount of time? And if they feel that they cannot maintain that particular undertaking, they want to annul it. But the concept of an oath is restricting oneself, creating certain boundaries within one's life. Now, why would one want to create boundaries within one's life? What is that all about? What is the idea 
of creating boundaries within one's life? And the answer, of course, is because in the physical world that we live in, there are all sorts of challenges, of temptations, of situations that perhaps can at times be overwhelming. And while, of course, the law is clear, the halacha is clear, the commandments tell us how to behave, a person has to understand his or her own character. And very often a person might know that they have a certain weakness to certain situations. And they say to themselves, I have to be careful not to cross a certain line, because if I do, that situation will overwhelm me. It's true in the physical sense. When it comes to type of foods, certain people have, well, an attraction to certain foods, certain situations. In life, a person has to understand himself in relationship to the things that he encounters in life, and therefore from time to time must create certain barriers and boundaries. This is the idea of the Rim spiritually as well. A person says, I feel that unless I restrict myself from doing certain things, I might stumble and fall, God forbid, in certain situations. Why is this told to us here? Because this is the moment before the Jewish people are coming into the promised land. And coming into the promised land that we've learned so many times is that now they are going to have to encounter a physical life. In the desert, they were protected. Manna fell from heaven, protected by the clouds. The well of Miriam supplied them with all the water they needed. They lived physical and spiritual protected life. Coming into the land, they're going to have to encounter a different type of life. They have to live within the dictates of a physical reality to work for their bread. It's not going to come down from heaven. They have to work the fields. They have to bake the breads and everything in between. This is why they said to themselves, perhaps we have to, from time to time, apply certain restrictions to our lives. Otherwise, we might fall and stumble, as we've seen in last week's Parsha, two weeks ago, the story with Pinchas, how when they came close to the border and they encountered the temptation of, well, the women of Midian and Miriam, of, of Midian and Moab, they stumbled. They thought they were spiritually strong and could overcome anything, but they, they weren't. And it's only through the heroic act of Pinchas that the play came to an end. This is the idea of an oath. Exposed to the physical world, a person has to have an honest analysis of who and what they are, their character, their strengths and their weaknesses. And while another person might have different strengths and weaknesses, this is the idea of creating a certain a certain barrier in life. What is Masay all about? The journeys the 42 journeys that the Jewish people did in the wilderness. And the Torah tells us, the commentaries point out, they weren't random stops from here to there, from here to there. Each and every single stop had purpose, had meaning. It was a time of potential growth every time they came to a specific place. Now, what makes a human being 
unique with, within all of creation. In the inanimate world, a rock is created. A rock is a rock. It remains a rock. In the world of vegetation, even a beautiful fruit starts off as a blossom and it becomes a beautiful fruit. That's all it is. It remains a fruit. In the animal kingdom, yes, movement, but it remains the animal that it is. A human being in every single encounter of life, there is the opportunity for change, for growth. In every single aspect of a relationship, in every single situation that a person finds themselves in, this is a tremendous opportunity and challenge where the person is able to grow. The 42 journeys the Baal Shem Tov told us is something that each and every single individual goes through in life. A person will go through different journeys in life. It's not that this is who he is and that's the way he or she will remain throughout their entire life. The journey of life is complicated, it's complex, the relationships that you develop, the situations that you encounter, the people you see, the places you go, whatever it is, different situations are there to tell you. They're there to bring out another dimension that is sometimes deep within yourself, but it's an opportunity for growth and development, for change. Change for the better. Because every time you encounter something new and you expose, you reveal another dimension of yourself, you have grown. You have become greater and better and you have made a contribution to that relationship, to that place that you have encountered, to whatever situation of life, whatever journey you're making. And every day is a journey. In a sense, every moment is journey. Nothing is random. Nothing is accidental. Everything is preordained because within those journeys, within those encounters, within those situations, opportunity. And how do we achieve something like that? This is when these two parashiyot come together. Matos. Matos tells us, know yourself. Know your strength and know your weakness. So that when you encounter a new situation, a new relationship. Know your strength and know your weakness. Is it something that you should involve yourself in in a particular way? Or is it something that you should avoid? Is it something that you have to connect with in a particular way? Or is it something that you should walk away from? Is this a journey that will bring out the best in you? Is this a journey that will make you greater and better? Or is this a journey God forbid that can destroy you? The sages point out that matos, the translation of matos means tribes. But the word shevet also means tribes. Matos is a staff, a stick. Shevet is a flexible branch. Matos means something that is, well, firm and strong. Matos means, in a sense, a type of maturity, of clarity that comes with an understanding of oneself. Yes, you have to be flexible. Yes, you have to be supple. You have to be, in a sense, 
able to bend in order to connect. But at the same time, there has to be a firmness. There has to be a clarity and certainty in order to go through the journeys of life. Because every single stop, every single encounter in the journeys of life is an opportunity for change, an opportunity for growth, to make yourself better, to make your environment better, to make all those around you better. This is what life is all about. Life is not static. Life is not, well, I've come here, this is who I am. Life is alive. Growth, change, opportunity, greatness. Life is the ability to keep on moving from one stage to another and not to remain in one place. Not to remain in one place because every moment of life is an opportunity for growth. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the unique parshas that are connected with the three weeks. We're talking about this unique month of Menachem Av and how it all comes together in a particular and powerful way. As we listen to the words of the Haftorah, the, well, sometimes heartbreaking words of the prophet Jeremiah, listen to what he says, which nation exchanges God for a non-God? He said, what have you done? He says, you have done a double, a double evil. You have, well, you have left, you have rejected the source of living water and taken upon yourself broken cisterns that can't hold any water at all. What is he saying? He's saying, of course, as you look throughout history and throughout the ages, how often the people have, for whatever reason, rejected rejected God, rejected Yiddishkeit, rejected Torah, and have, well, looked to other things as a guide in life. And what happened? They're lost. Who remains? Those who have remained steadfast. Those who have remained loyal. Those who have remained connected with Hashem, with His Torah, throughout the ages and this is something that we have to understand, the journeys of life, the opportunity for positive change, the opportunity for growth and development, the opportunity for understanding oneself, Menachem Av, Rosh Chodesh, that understanding that gives us deep insight, that strips away the facade, that enables us to see that which is contained deep within. You know, our sages point out that the word Menachem has a numerical value of 138, which also brings the word Tzemach, which also has a numerical value of 138. Tzemach, of course, is one of the names of Mashiach. And therefore, they say, if you look deeply within the month of Menachem of, you will recognize the probability, the possibility, the definite aspect of Mashiach. Look beyond Hurban. Look beyond destruction. Look beyond that which you see initially and try to understand that which is contained. It's not that which appears and that's it. 
things do change because you are a human being. And because you're a human being, you can change and you can create change. And you have to see the true potential that is contained in every single situation. The very famous story of Rabbi Akiva and the sages when they came to the place where the temple was standing, the sages began to cry and he began to laugh. And they said to him, Akiva, how can you laugh? He said, why do you cry? Why did we cry? He says, because look at the ruins of the temple. He says, that's precisely why I am laughing. And he said, because the passage that says that there will be a time that I will destroy the temple also says there'll be a time that I'll rebuild the temple. You have to look beyond the obvious. And in order to look beyond the obvious, you have to look beyond the obvious within yourself to recognize the potential within yourself. When you recognize the potential within yourself, you will see elements of greatness. You will see elements of possibility that you couldn't imagine before. If you sit back and simply allow life to pass you by, if you allow the journeys of life, well, I'm here, I'm here. But if you see everything as an opportunity, everything that is a challenge that brings out the deeper and greater elements of yourself, if you recognize the opportunity of change and you allow yourself to bring out those incredible potentials that you have, you will see potential in every single situation. And when you come to the month of, of yes, of course, at the obvious level, it's a time of sadness. But contained within it is the opportunity of incredible change, total transformation from, from total destruction to ultimate rebuilding, the idea of Tzemach, the idea of Mashiach, the idea of total liberation and redemption in the fullest sense of the word. And this is what these two parashiyot are all about. First part is know yourself. Understand when you have to create certain barriers. Understand your strength, understand your weakness. And we all have strength and we all have weaknesses. And we have to be honest with ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we have to know what situations of life I can deal with and where I have to walk. And then take a look at the journeys of life. And to know that nothing is random, nothing is accidental. It's not that I'm here because I'm here. I'm here because I was sent here for a purpose, for a huge purpose. I have to grow as a result of the fact that I'm here, and I have to make a contribution as a result of the fact that I'm here. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to both parashiyot. Listen to the story of, well, the story of the oaths of the great battle that Moshe had to do against the enemies who tried to destroy the Jewish people, of how the land was divided. Listen to the story of the, of the journeys and how every single journey had its own unique purpose, own unique name, own unique reality, all of that. And when you come to the end, stand up with energy and with passion and call out Chazak, Chazak, and know that yes, we're in the nine days with all sorts of restrictions. But at the same time, there is within the idea of hearing what is contained within this month, the profound understanding, tremendous potential for incredible transformation and change from destruction 
to rebuilding and redemption. And when you say chazak, chazak means strengthen yourself and strengthen each other because within that type of action, the true potential will come out. So once again, today is Rosh Chodesh. I say good Chodesh. And by good Chodesh, I mean may the new light of the new Chodesh bring material and spiritual energy and light to each and every one in the fullest sense of the word, with healing, with joy, with purpose. May the Shabbos, may the Shabbos that comes immediately after Rosh Chodesh bring with it the great purpose of Shabbos. May this double Parsha bring double purpose to each and every one. And may Chazak bring strength with the greatest possible energy to each and every one on each and every single level. Good Chodesh and good Shabbos.